What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys a weekly episode. I want to apologize for uh, having to take a couple of weeks, but we were traveling for the FNCS Global Championship, um, just followed by life kicking in as TwitchCon came right around the corner. And uh, yeah, here we are today. Have a big announcement I want to hit out the gate for those of you early listeners. First off, thank you guys for tuning in, supporting us week to week. But the big announcement I've been teasing week to week is that we have officially announced and launched CafeColazzo.com as of this recording. It's going to be our company uh, building a coffee business inside the gaming space to start. But of course, with goals and aspirations to, uh, yeah, take it much bigger than that. For now, if you're a listener in the United States, you can make a purchase to support uh, what we're doing. It's really awesome. Just check out CafeColazzo.com. Sign up for the newsletter uh, because we have some cool and awesome uh, beta keys, giveaways, um, just all types of stuff that has to do with gaming as a whole. Um, the goal is to support creators and uh, change the gaming space. Let's get rid of you know all the G fuels and all the other powder products. You know that's the idea. We want to really be a brand that builds um, just at the core root of good caffeine stuff. Like how about coffee? You know, get back to the basics. So uh, thank you guys for of course all the support over the years. Um, just so proud, so happy, um, and excited to announce this. And also a little nervous. It's 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 a big deal. So. Enough of that. We got the boys here. Shout out to uh, SVG and Panda tuning in week to week, dealing with my drama today. Had a sick baby, but <laughs> the boys are here to rock it out. What's up, Panda? Hey, man. Listen, good to be back. Good to be back at it. Good to be having some good conversations. Um, of course, shout out to CafeColazzo.com real quick. Uh, we really don't have coffee in the gaming space, and coffee is one of the best sources of caffeine um, and one of the healthiest sources of caffeine. So... For all you gamers out there, definitely tap in because this is going to be a special one. But man, it's been busy, busy couple weeks. Uh, glad to finally be back in a routine. Filmed a, a YouTube video today, uh, an X video, so that'll go out the end of the week. But it just feels to be—it feels good to be back on a routine after a ton of travel. Heck yeah! And we're going to talk all about Panda's content. This dude was putting in work at the Globals, um, interviewing <laughs> everybody. No, we love to see it. We need—we need more of that type of presence. Um, at our event so it was absolutely a a fresh breath of air for sure um svg you're joining us you're jumping in here anything you maybe want to announce to the community or you get you keeping some things in the wraps no no i, I had a my first kid recently my Woo! wife gave birth to uh our first child so been quite busy uh, a little tired so i'm gonna lean on you guys this episode yeah, absolutely. I I can I can confirm, guys. SVG has bedhead and everything. Like his hair is just messy. He's got a cup of coffee in his hand or something. He's 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 pushing through this. So go show SVG all the love on socials. He deserves it. The man is here, um, with us when he does not have to be. So shout out to that man. Um, let's jump into things though. We talked about FNCS Globals. We all know the results from Globals. NA wins it all. That is like point blank. Period. Bottom line. Hoorah. We win, boys. Forget every other region. Cooper Miro, one of the best story arcs that we've seen of the year. Um, you know, Miro is considered one of the villains of NA, right? Like, he truly is the bad boy, you know, tattoos, sleeved up, acts like he doesn't care about the game, bashes on the game regularly, doesn't practice at all, but consistently shows up FNCS after FNCS all year long, taking championships, and then he does it on land with little to no quote-unquote effort 
in lead up to the FNCS Globals. It is very, very impressive all around what he has been able to accomplish. Um, and the plot thickens. Panda, talk to me about and inform the users at home how Cooper and Miro actually got together to play because there's a fun story there. Nah, listen, their story is fun. Uh, their interviews afterwards were fun. Um, definitely a, a cool duo to win. So I'm super happy for them. But uh, ironically, they came together uh, on a coin flip, right? So Cooper was looking for a teammate. Uh, Miro hits him with the DM of heads or tails. And literally, that's all he says. And Cooper answers, I think it was tails. And sure enough, he flipped tails and he goes, okay, where are we landing? And that's how the duo was formed. And that was after Miro's like, oh, I've retired, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of comes back more casually. But then him and Cooper have great chemistry. And Cooper was willing to put in the hard work and and, and uh, effort. So Miro really latched on to that, I think. It inspired him to have like a second wind. Uh, they qualify on. They go to Globals. They don't have the best day one. Uh, ironically, he says uh, they didn't have the solid day one because Cooper's confidence was at the floor. And, like, his nerves were high. And he literally, after day one, like, he was trying to talk to Cooper all day, uh, like, to shake his nerves. But after day one, going into day two, he was basically like, God, my guy, we're, like, the best players in this lobby. There's not even a reason for us to worry. So they come into day two strong, qualify on to finals. And, of course, we saw what happened in finals. Like, just an absolute domination to the very end. Um phenomenal performance from them uh a lot of people uh, i've seen especially from the eu community have already thrown out those like discredit uh tweets as like oh they got almost every zone oh this worked in their it's like yes they may have had a few things work in their favor but like you could throw those things to a ton of teams over in that area did they win no and not not to mention all the teams that you know equally had uh clear uh, in direct access to the storm towers, right? The the, yeah. the towers that give you the zones. Um, most of them perform pretty well, but they didn't go on to win the tournament. So there's that as well. Uh, regardless of uh, how you want to cut it up, it took tremendous effort. If you look at Cooper Miro's games, most of their mid games, they were actually in shambles. They were able to bounce back off of determination and their their ability to eliminate teams like straight up. Um, yeah, let's let's dive a little bit into that. Let's peel back this fncs globals first take for newcomers it's it's kind of interesting to see that cooper never before on land but also he has never played on a, a stage this big like when the stakes were this high um unlike yeah. some of the others that have showed up to compete i think it's a natural evolution for a new player to come in and be a little nervous but for him to turn that all the way around come sunday and you heard it in his post-game interview like Miro gave him the pep talk that really, you know, fueled him with the confidence. And I found that to be very, very telling of just Miro being a great partner. Like, regardless of what, you know, Miro may tweet about and act, you know, like, like his persona online, when it comes down to the way he treats his partner and the way he spoke highly of Cooper, um, that was really cool. SBG, you, of course, got to see this, you know, yourself. And, you know, you've had your fair interactions with these, with these players. Uh, I mean, what was what was your take, man? Because this was uh, quite the weekend for them, man. Yeah, so typically this is when we start calling Cooper a cheater, right? <laughs> you can't be successful out of nowhere in Fortnite anymore. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, clearly has been playing the game for a long time, has gotten it. 
Um, and I think it's just super impressive. A lot of people will crumble under the pressure. Uh, shout out to Miro. Like you guys just kind of set up that he was there for his teammate, was a great dude to like help this kid. Cause I think Cooper's only like 16 years old, kind of figure it out on stage in front of tens, hundreds of thousands of people. If you include everyone watching online and we need to talk about it because it's not easy to be an IGL. And typically the way Miro has won with Buga was relying on a lot of solo clutches. And that's not what happened to win this FNCS globals. Cooper and Miro were alive together a lot. Maybe one time they relied on having a clutch up once, but ultimately like they were getting to their spots. They were playing well as a duo. And I have to give all the credit to Cooper for putting them in those positions. We know Miro's great. Like th there's no question. He he now is going to be considered one of the greatest of all time, but you have this new player in charge of leading him and he steps up huge when it mattered. Yeah. And that was something that we really found out during that post-game interview. So big, big credits to uh, the blast team and Epic for even allowing those interviews to take place. We've uh, we definitely got a lot of, um, you know, really interactive and, and fun moments uh, just throughout the show weekend. If you guys didn't catch it, um, Mir uh, Cooper essentially does. Yeah. Reveal. He said, hey, look, you know, I'm, I am the IGL of this team. Like, you know, day one, I, he took all the blame. He was like, I wasn't confident in my calls. I didn't I wasn't sure what I wanted to commit to. And then once they started to switch gears and they really reevaluated what they were looking to accomplish, that day too, Saturday, they came out guns blazing. And then, of course, Sunday, we saw the performance. So it is really cool to see how the gear shift happened. He became confident in where he decided to position themselves, you know, point A to point B. And then, like you said, you just let Miro do his thing. Cooper straight up said, like, dude, Miro's the best fighter he has ever played with. And it's not even close. And Miro said himself, he's not... He doesn't have an ounce of fear of any other opponent in the lobby. Miro genuinely believes, dude, he will delete you. Like, just bring it. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy to have that dynamic come together and him really believe in Cooper's callouts. And if I had to assume or look back, you know, if I'm a fly on the wall in what that communication pipeline looks like, I'm assuming when Cooper makes a call, Miro doesn't question it. He commits and they were able to complete the task at hand. Drop any player when they need to refreshes get to end game as they needed to and, and follow one another. And we really did watch that happen, especially they had so many tough mid games. Let's give some more notable mentions. Cami, Seti, come in back-to-back -back crazy performances. They had a somewhat of a, a tough start to their tournament uh, being contested by um, the Asian duo of Stain and uh, I think Daydao. Um, over at the the farms, they they definitely had a little bit of a of a problem there, and it showed in the results. But come into finals, Stain tried to say that they weren't gonna land on them in game one. They actually get contested, but they win the contestion out the gate, and that set them up for success. They come third place, four eliminations out the gate, game number one, and they go on to take second overall. Cami and Seti solidify themselves as just by far the most consistent duo of the era to date to continue to stay on the run especially after the last land and this is without bl becoming legends backing them and giving the training regime a regime that they had before they were just able to continue that momentum panda i think it goes without seeing cammy and seti are if they continue to stick around it's just a matter of time before they do it again you know i 
there's a lot of talk of if this was a two day for finals format, who would have actually come out on top? And uh, they would Cammy's, have. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to argue and say that they wouldn't, right? Um, obviously, we'll never know, but uh, there's so many incredible stories that came out of it. Like, obviously, Cammy and Steady will always be an incredible story. Won the Invitational, came second in this. Cammy won uh, Gamers Eight. Um, all incredible feats, and then in a, within like a year span. But like one of those feats that like is is definitely talked about, and I know um, SPG talked about it with Levin on the the FN story. But the five one back to back fight for a racetrack between Kanata uh, and Thomas HD Malabuka, and the nonchalantness uh of Kanata going into it where he was just like i'm here for the women and and relaxation uh and then they come in and five one what was respectfully an expected top three team yeah i mean that's kind of why both teams were irrelevant though when it came to the, the leaderboard when you're fighting off spawn uh i believe Kanata and Adrian's got 18th which is like really good when you're 50-50ing off spawn. But yeah. ultimately, when teams know that, they just kind of walk over like, all right, cool. You guys are free elims. I could bug you. Free surge. And that's kind of what happened. I didn't expect what happened over at Racetrack to happen. I thought Malibu and Thomas would make it a little more 50-50. But yeah, like I said, the Levin Derm, the FN story. If, if you go 100 games, it's definitely closer to 50-50. I just don't think that a team of a caliber Malibu and Thomas are going to lose that often. Um, going back to, to Cami and Seti though, they are the best duo of this duo era. Like there's nobody that even comes close. They're one of the few that have stuck together the entire time. And I mean, the only thing that haven't really put on their names is like an online FNCS championship. But besides that, they have been so consistent they finished first and second at the last two global events. And like, there's nobody that touches that in my opinion. So shout out to them because they've been unbelievable. Well, as far as teams that performed well, all in all, big shout outs to uh, Asia's MKMK Papa and AJS Shalom. Definitely one of those uh, teams that came up out of nowhere, represented for their region and uh, did the best of all the smaller regions, uh, Middle East, Asia and of course OCE that were here in representation and Brazil can't forget those absolute demons. Um, but it, I think NA had the had the bulk of the top ten standings. Uh, what was it? Six teams. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five out of the uh, top ten teams were NA based teams. So NA definitely outperformed on the upper bracket. Um, as things start to drop down and we we get towards uh, kind of the middle of the pack, the remainder of the NA teams, Spoiler and Sphinx being contested didn't quite work in their favor we already talked about Kanata's performance and why they came up short uh but but yeah all in all most of the na teams not only qualified but they came up and they, and they put on some pretty decent numbers unfortunately quanti and tk were the worst performing team by a fair margin down at the bottom <laughs> so they get the losers uh loser shout out for that they just got dusted off spawn and looked like just about every single game uh so so pretty tough tournament run but i want to give a shout out to chubbs and bryce man Top six performance, mm. just dude, sleeper, young duo. Um, to win as many times as they did this weekend on land was just incredible to watch unfold and and see like their um their journey 
to becoming more veteran and solidified players in the community was very, very cool. They came in Saturday. They literally, uh, if it was a Saturday performance, if that was the finals, I think they would have won the tournament. Um, I don't remember where they finished, but they, it was somewhere close to first place. I know that for a fact. Uh, and then they took another win on the finals lobby. So um, they have to be absolutely happy with the amount of victory royales they pulled. I think it was three over the course of the weekend. Um, granted, of course, the, you know, the, the player caliber changes day to day, but still three wins on, on land is, is something to be so proud of being that there were just a few games. So, um, well, well played to Bryson Chubbs, man. No, well played indeed. And, uh, Bryce was kind of creating content around the event too, which was cool. Um, he was in the media room a few times, uh, like shooting something and, and around the arena doing things. So it was cool to see that like he wasn't just showing up to compete, like he was showing up for himself, for his brand, for uh, the what ultimately will make him a superstar. And I could see if he continues to build that personality, find those great placements, show up in these big events, like he can very much so challenge like a clicks when it comes to the the star power, right? The stream quality, things like that. Obviously, clicks is very very high up right now. But more and more, as the years go on, people will emerge from the Fortnite scene to create similar personalities and, and powerhouses in the content space. Bryce and Chubbs were definitely a fun duo, personality-wise, dynamic-wise. I think Chubbs was super outspoken. Like, he, he felt really confident. And then Bryce, you have this, like, super timid in the shell. Uh, his eyes popped wide open when he won. Like, <laughs> shocked to be there in the moment. Um it was it was very very fun to watch you could just really see the innocence in bryce it was awesome yeah i, I think he's going to commit to it i think that's what's going to make him uh, a better overall personality is that i don't see chubbs going out of his way to create content right even if, if he has like a more solid personality like but bryce is there he's on his boots on the ground working and that's what it takes clicks was not a personality when he when he first started he was a shy timid kid and look at him now yeah, you got to put in that work. And another player slash team that put in that work is Trulex and Chicho finishing mm. third. Trulex it undoubtedly is the most underrated player in the world at the moment. And he has consistently finished top 10 after top 10 after top 10 after top 10 in FNCS, in EU, IGLing, and nobody seems to talk about it. He, he doesn't make headlines he's we don't discuss it that much so like i guess that's kind of on us too but the man is just consistently putting his team in a position to win they won back-to-back -back games to win game five and six to close out the tournament i mean just an unbelievable performance by him throughout like the last year and a half too which is gonna fly under the radar because he hasn't won an fncs and fortnite is so much about whoever wins um but I definitely wanted to give Trulex his flowers because they are 100% deserved. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and like you said, he's an OG. Like, people don't realize he's been competing for years. Um, yep. yeah. I just searched up, like, Monster D-Face space Trulex to see, like, if I ever did a VOD review. I actually never reviewed any of his games. So shame on me. Like, legit shame on me. Um, looking way back, I actually was the first person to find Miro and uh, give him a platform to shout him out. And I recognized that he was going to be probably one of the best to come. And it, it turned out to be true. I interviewed him. And, and those old videos actually are getting, like, a ton of views. Like, we were going back uh, three years ago from when I, like, found Miro's first, like, top 10 
and they're watching it and listening to the uh to the interview and comment on this stuff so really just really cool stuff um also i forgot who posted a tweet something like oh tag the person that made you like we all got made by someone and mira literally tagged me like yo no monster monster like shouted me out first like in front of like you know tens of thousands of viewers back in the day um so yeah that, that's why that's why i really i really mess with mira and i support him so it's, it's just crazy to see what he's done so far um dude and fncs was note, awesome but one one quick note for trulex he actually has one fncs mm, with no. queasy and jerky yeah years ago but i mean it still counts as fc fncs one. i want to take away from him no, no i'm not taking i'm just saying recently he yeah. hasn't won one so like no one discusses him well that's someone fair. someone who is getting tons of discussion around them has been the face clan on this podcast we've constantly uh bashed them and and try to uplift them where we could it's just been such a l year for face clan or maybe like a year and a half run it's just pretty pretty tough times but it seems like their luck might be turning around as their company went from a billion dollars uh, in valuation down to just sub 20 million all enough to go ahead and entice another company to acquire them and bail them out of what is hopefully bad management um so game square comes out with the announcement that they are to purchase phase clan for 17 million dollars but the kicker is they are looking to reinstate the headliners of phase banks um correct me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm sure you know all the names here but is it apex panda like who, who are those big names that are going to be at the forefront again of the phase clan brand? uh ceo banks uh president temper and then um, I don't, I don't remember the other title for Apex, but those are going to be the three mm -hmm. uh, main players controlling the company now. And and remember all that backlash of you know Phase Banks or sorry Phase Rain and you know the controversy and stuff of like oh the, their air quote suits are ruining the brand, give it back to us. Um, it does seem like this is starting to take effect here. I wonder what's going to happen with the divide because there still is I think a brand divide between banks and. You know some of the other um shareholders that still own the company if they're going to remain behind the scenes and support the brand and just allow kind of banks in them to forward face it if, if this is going to allow the brand to turn around at all um will they like keep a nick Merckx on because you have to assume all these salaries are probably extremely inflated and this is part of the downfall right of, of what led phase to burn too much money in the years lead up um i wonder how much of the structure is going to change like are they going to drop tons of players or will they just like kind of keep it as is and just allow banks and them to lead the helm? So part of the announcement, they said they secured $10 million in funding for the organization. So in addition to buying it, there's also $10 million from my understanding for the organization to run. Now we all know how quickly in or esports organization like FaZe Clan can run through $10 million, but that still is a ton of money if they use it correctly. And GameSquare currently owns a bunch of other businesses, and part of their statement was that they already have the infrastructure to allow a FaZe Clan to be successful. So uh we'll see if they are able to come together because this almost seems exactly like what it was before phase owned by a big corporation and the people in charge weren't a fan of that before and now it's just another corporation they're gonna have to deal with the same exact things they dealt with before so i mean we'll see it ultimately it doesn't really matter the the brand has already tanked a ton still holds a bunch of name value but as far as like monetary value uh that has gone out the window 
You know, interestingly enough, uh, talking about what they're going to do, I definitely think there's going to be a restructure. We're going to see a lot more focus on like the OG style of like getting the boys together in a house and and, and trying to create content and, and and very much content focused. I think there will be a focusing COD. Um, I just, as far as like Nick Merckx goes, for example, Nick Merckx, I don't think will go anywhere because he's ownership now. Like he has ownership now. Obviously, he could be bought out if they want to go that route. But like, I'm sure it's a considerable amount to buy him out. And I, I feel like FaZe has supported him uh, in a way that he wouldn't want to break away from it, if that makes sense. And so I, I can see him still remaining a part of it. And Nick's Nick's brand fits very well with the FaZe brand. Uh, it's not like um like Grace that that one young lady that they signed. Uh, where like the community just despised the signing. Like, no, Nick is a pretty fair signing for FaZe. So I, I think he stays around. But I do think there is a chance that we see some of these like lingering names in FaZe kind of get the boot or get the the veteran contract, which that veteran contract is, hey, you can say you're in FaZe, but we aren't paying you. Mm. Yeah, and we did, we did see that, and that created a whole entire situation for folks that have been basically putting in the sweat equity to not get rewarded. Um, what was his name? Was it Tico, who was, like, big into CSGO? Yeah, he kind of spearheaded um, the direction there and all the success that FaZe had behind CSGO, and he was literally not rewarded on an ounce of equity, um, let alone a payment. And a lot of his yeah. own support came out of his pocket, yeah. So Faceland definitely has had a, a pretty rough year, but with a new major company coming in, we'll see what happens. Um, and, and I have my own source to tell about the company that's acquiring them in the days to come. So we'll for sure be breaking some news um, there soon. But let's jump into some of the other announcements here in the space. DreamHack Winter Fortnite has been announced. Um, Jonkoping Sweden is back on the menu for DreamHack. I hate that it's so far, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have yet to accept a deal to go out there because of the travel plans look like they are incredibly stressful. But um, a $10,000 tournament was announced, and uh, it's not exactly what the community wanted, you know? You know, interestingly enough, obviously there's multiple reasons for that. Um, but what I'm curious about is it seems like a, a massive scale back mm. from DreamHack. Because I'm also hearing that they're not going to bring any kind of broadcast to these shows. So... Uh, it looks like DreamHack is scaling back on what it is. They're just trying to take um, the BYOC money, it looks like, and try to reinvest a little bit so they can make some off the top. But I genuinely think if they're not doing it the right way or broadcasting it or putting like um, the right spin on it, people aren't going to travel to Yonkovi, Sweden. Like it is... It's not even that it's it's far from the general population. It's far from the closest airport. You have to get in a vehicle and travel hours just to get there. So, like, you already have to bring a PC and do all this stuff. It's not a convenient event to go to by any means. And when there's not enough incentive for these players to pay the thousands to travel, you're just not going to see the, the turnout. It's also in the dead of winter, like real winter, yeah. right? Like Sweden winter. Like, it's probably going to be crazy cold dark, out there. Dark, cold, yeah. Oh, man. And I've already seen some players, EU players. I'm not even talking about NA players. I doubt we'll see more than a handful of NA players 
make this trip, especially if an org is not paying for it. They're probably the only ones that will go. But I've already seen a handful of EU players be like, dude, I'm not going to this. <laughs> I don't want to play zero build solos for, I think first place is like three grand. And if you're going to spend a weekend, I mean, you're spending at least a grand just to get there, plus any other costs, hotel, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I can totally see this not being as popular. And maybe DreamHack will realize this. In addition to the the 10k uh, zero build solo event, um, they're also doing daily creative tournaments on their payload map that they introduced during the last DreamHack uh, couple of bunches. And then they're saying there's a weekend Fortnite ladder. Maybe that's this, but it says there's a different prize pool. And for both of those events, they're giving away tickets to DreamHack Summer that comes up. So same event that'll happen later this year. Uh, yeah i just this just isn't it i don't get why also this is like a month out so for anyone to try and travel it is very last minute and dreamhack obviously is going to sell more tickets but it i don't know bros like this is it just ain't it yeah no i'm i'm absolutely with you and i think you hit some great points like literally um another month announcement like we we saw this happen before which happened for san diego it came in so late um which i get the politics and all that in like turning on activation but i mean they've had all year since gamers 8 to you know gear up for whatever was to come um and we saw the same thing with dreamhack atlanta it doesn't seem like anything big's happening in na for that matter so it's almost like two slap together zero build events just to say we have some fortnite presence there um but there's not much behind it we already know dreamhack doesn't really broadcast these very rarely at least from what we've saw so I'm assuming there's going to be no content coverage in a very just low-key tournament. I, I don't blame pros not wanting to go play a zero-build solos. You know, I, I was, uh, I'm thinking about going to Atlanta um, just to help Bryson out with some things. And I was mm. thinking about pitching to him just like doing some kind of like boots-on-the-ground broadcasts, uh, just like fun interviews, doing some things around the event. Um, get DreamHack's permission first, of course. Because, uh, you know, they, they definitely love uh, when you do it without their permission. But um, so I'm definitely going to talk to them first, of course, uh, get their blessing. Wouldn't want to upset them in any way and uh, try to do something to support the team. I, I, look, uh, content is my focus right now, like more than anything, because, you know, as well as I do, sometimes this this next few months of the year and early into the next year is so like empty for us talent and casters that like i want to fill that void with with content so that's my focus right now for the next few months until shows and stuff really start ramping up and while i while i'm on it i'm going to try to take advantage of any content opportunities i can and atlanta is definitely one of those opportunities yeah and stay fueled up with cafe colazo.com so uh <laughs> it'll be that's <laughs> that's it. my focus for the end of the year oh yeah it's gonna be a lot of plugs i got i just gotta start drilling it into my brain now that it's uh the secret's out um dude let's jump into some other stuff so we 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 can we can wrap up dreamhack winter as eh, it's a l it's, it's a low-key l i'm sorry to say it i love that we have fortnite tournaments but man i wish it was at least a builds event that'd be so can sick say, yeah, yeah go I, ahead. if this was a 10k build event awesome fire but like 10k solo zero builds nobody wants to play them. i'm hating on it all day yeah <laughs> i am the it. resident zero build hater here and i <laughs> solo 
builds. We need some kind of build solo track to get players recognition. The zero like zero build just ain't it. All right. Sorry. It, it, and if you're gonna do something zero build, at least like the continent chaos is like we're we're like putting in some effort into a format, a spin on what could be like host something fun. But you weren't there ten thousand dollars. Why just just it's almost like just throwing it at the wall. Like ah yeah we got it. Just toss it out there. Just I, I think there could be so much more effort on the creativity side of what you could do with that. But neither here nor there. I want to talk about um some more developments. You know what I mean? We celebrate the, the fact that FNTS Globals went very well for a select few teams, especially those inside the top 10. One of those teams obviously being Team Tundra, who have SETI as one of their representatives, who arguably, again, best player of the recent duo era by far, hands down. Um, you could put Cuisin Vino up there for sure too, but Cami and SETI are number one right now, and their results are showing that. Tundra decides to drop SETI Several days, or literally the day after Globals or something like that, they woke up to essentially not being on a team, SETI and Archie alike. And Archie's one of the most, like, hard, like, probably the hardest working content creator we have in the Fortnite space that has actually put effort into diversifying his brand to make it to, you know, the future of what could be uh, the content creation game. So what do we think about them scaling out in the messaging, not exactly being like they're leaving the game forever, but just, yeah, we don't want to, pay for players that don't have anything to compete with over the next couple of months. Is this um is this messed up of them to like potentially take earnings from SETI because he was under contract when this happened and just release him? Or do we think it's fair game? I don't know, dude. It's a weird, a weird era. If they do take money from him, you know SETI's gonna say something and mm -hmm. it's gonna be a big deal. Even if he is under contract, like it's gonna become a big deal because of the way the Fortnite scene spends things, but like, nevertheless, like, if he's under contract, he has to give up the money. It's not, like, for debate. It sucks that it is that way. And it's very weird the way that they ended. Because in the messaging that Tundra put out, they said it was a mutual decision to to part ways. Both SETI and Archie were on stream, and they were like, uh, I guess I'm a free agent now? Yeah, a mutual so decision from who? From you yeah, and your was, board members? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It was not a mutual decision player to player to org. So um that's Tundra BL out in recent days. Um uh from the competitive side, which is crazy to me because we are now in an era where orgs can make more money than they've ever been able to from Fortnite with the activations of UEFN. Yep. Like leveraging your talent, uh, i.e. your players and content creators to push uh, UEFN maps, play UEFN maps on on videos and streams, uh, push audiences to it. it. It's an it's an infinite money pool, and it could fund the player salary and more. Like there are, I I looked at um there's a creator today that tweeted out, and he's put out two maps, two that's it, both have two million life plays on them each map. It's incredible. And, and it's not like he's, like, overly marketing. It's just him and another creator that are doing this stuff together. And they're getting 2 million plays apiece. So it is so, so possible to leverage UEFN and, and the payouts to to support the org scene. And this may be the, the only way that we see Fortnite directly support organizations. And that's what's been missing, right? That's what everybody has said we need. Well, guess what? Now's your time to do it leverage your teams and the people around you your creators and, and and get to work 
Yes, and, and making these maps is so important. And Epic has been supporting that space. Just recently, they signed Jake Lucky, who does tons of esports coverage, to just do, like, legitimate promotion on maps that they believe are of the highest quality that are under um, underserved to, to their player base. There's a lot of different ways that they can promo, you know, these, these types of maps that creators are putting all the effort into. But one of the ways is, look, they're putting money into other, like, esports outlets to go ahead and tweet and share these experiences um who's to say they wouldn't do that on behalf of an org absolutely they want great experiences in the game it's, it's the thing that they are putting the most money and effort into if you have followed any of what they've um produced in the last year or two it, it's all transitioning into them creating the best engine in the world and showing that there's going to be the next future of games built on their engine and possibly in fortnite and the first one that jake lucky tweeted out was like a mage battle royale which and was I swear sick. To you, it's kind of crazy. I was looking at this thing, and I was like, "This is not in Fortnite." Right. Like it was just insane the depths that they went to to develop that game, uh, and it is, in fact, within Fortnite built in UEFN. So, look, anything's possible. Get out there, create maps, uh, leverage, leverage audiences. Like if you're an org, I mean, imagine a Phase Clan starts dropping 10, 15 maps a month. Like you build a small team, and that's their sole focus. They're well, gonna be making some bank. Well, I will. I will tell you the next team that's looking to do it is Xset with Clicks. Clicks has already had his own successful um, kind of activation run in the space. Clicks was just recently signed to Xset, and they gave him a. We don't know how much, but I'm assuming a couple of points of equity share in Xset. So he is officially um, a part owner of the brand that is the Xset organization. This is a part of their again initiative to not only jump in Fortnite, but do it with the biggest creator that. He's not disappearing, right? He's not going anywhere. Clix has had a great team, and he's got the leadership to build um, his brand up and his clothing brand, and now he's got a little uh, a dev team standing behind him for his creative experiences. I mean, Clix is just doing it right, and, and you have to appreciate someone as young as Clix who recognized early enough that, hey, wait, I have a lot of influence. Let me put that towards building something bigger than just myself. Let me build a brand behind this. Um, the only other player we've seen really get into it early on was probably Booga, right? With the with the below five or five below whatever the heck activations he was doing, and you know, yeah. like like really branching out and building something cool bigger than just the Booga brand. Well, I think shout out to whoever's kind of been advising Clicks or like Clicks himself realizing this because he has become bigger than most, if not all, esports brands himself. He gets no value in signing to an organization and just getting a weekly paycheck, like or monthly, how, however they they pay him. Shout Great. out to Feldy and Vayner Esports or Vayner Media. Yeah, the, they probably probably had a huge hand in this, and now he's a percentage owner, which is huge. And I've kind of I always believed people that get to that certain size should no longer be seeking weekly or monthly deals it should 100 percent be like some sort of stake in ownership we saw the phase clan guys we just talked about them that's kind of what they were looking for after the fact and now we see clicks doing that before he gets too far down the road so just you know shout out the awesome move by him and his team i said the same thing early on for booga on team sentinels when i was like dude if he hasn't already negotiated some kind of equity in that company i mean it has to be on the horizon he is literally way bigger than the brand ever was at, especially at the time when he won world cup like they were almost nobodies right and things just changed overnight but yeah man crazy crazy landscape changes right now as tundra just 
drops like the best player in the world, Eddie. Um, and then Clicks just all of a sudden really ramping up, turned online. So uh, respects to uh, respects to Clicks. Now he's able to, you know, do something big with Xset. Another team that's been pretty much scaling out of Fortnite. I mean, it seems like Elite Esports is is running down that rabbit hole uh, here themselves. SBG, you have a lot of history with Elite. Um, I mean, what, where, where are you where are you thinking this is going to go? Um, I think they're just scaling back during the off season. Like mm. we're four months of no events coming likely i mean we saw dreamhack winter and we all just trashed it so uh there's that <laughs> in atlanta and who knows if anyone even goes to either of those so it'll essentially be four months of maybe solo cash cups and i'm sure there'll be about a month or so of those four months where nothing takes place so there's a lot of downtime and there's no big third party events that we know of just makes sense to scale back i mean this is kind of what i i advise the team when i worked for them kind of plan your whole year around this scale back have a core that you can work around create content during this down period but you don't want to have a huge roster during this downtime of a bunch of players that are competing in nothing yet you're still paying them you know and it's different too right because um, there are teams that will flourish in this off time right now, and it's teams that are content focused, right? Content creator focused, because we we're getting ready to have OG Fortnite Ooh. hit the game. Like, like between that and the new chapter and everything else, like if you are a content focused team, this is going to be a big few months. But you're right, like if you are a competitive focused team and that is your sole base, you have to scale back. Like you just don't have a choice because this time of year is so. Um, just so empty and dry for competitive events. So yeah. fair play. Um, it would be nice to see if they could just leverage some personalities into the content when it comes to some of these names. But that's the one thing Elite does well, like Inpin, for example, and Polarize. They leverage their personalities pretty well and and put it into their social posts and content and stuff. Although I do wish Elite would not post these weird Elite or uh, Polarize tweets where it's like he's talking about it. I don't know, fake talking about something. It's so weird. But other than those tweets, <laughs> okay. like the content that comes from Lee is pretty solid. So I just think um, finding a way to leverage the names in this next few months is going to be crucial instead of having to cut them. But if you have to cut them, so be it. Yeah, it is funny when brands try to get um, an organization, especially try to get like a little edgy with the content and, and they're yeah. pushing out the main account. Um, it, it, it is interesting. But hey, it's, it's the nature uh, you know, people, people live and learn. We'll, we'll see where it all goes. Uh, so again, drop players from elite side, PewterBot, Pump, Bolts, and Soup all dropped. I mean, I get why you would let go of maybe Bolts. That performance at the uh, FNCS was nothing crazy. It came, what, like 48th or something like that. Um, tough one for him. It gets a little tougher now being let go from elite side. PewterBot, I thought I saw a lot of promise in him being on the roster, but Hey man, if if he's not really putting in the effort to get the brand to the next level, and he's not trying to build himself bigger than just himself, like we've seen N Pen do, I mean, I get I get why maybe we wouldn't want to see a player like Peterbot on the roster either. Um, so hey, these kind of things happen. Like you said, Elite isn't going anywhere. They are just uh, yeah, taking their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, letting the the landscape kind of play itself out here as the year comes to a close. And then, dude, 2024 is right around the corner. Next thing we know, we're back in FNCS season. Big announcements coming out for the year, and we'll see what that roadmap's going to look like. I had to guess we're going to see another um, three majors, followed by a potential last chance, followed by Big Land to close out the year. 
I wouldn't be upset at that. Uh, but again, it is still up in the air. We don't know what the new year is going to look like. Um, pretty much yeah. all we got here from the Fortnite podcast side. I'm going to let the boys take the floor really quickly as we start to, uh, to sign out of here. Panda, let the boys at home and the, and the listeners know where they can find you throughout the week, man. You already know x slash twitter.com slash lightwpanda. All the content living right there. Uh, new video coming out this week. Was Global Championships better than the World Cup? That's coming out Friday. A little sneak peek for you guys. Uh, also, we'll live on YouTube. If you don't watch on Twitter, that is youtube.com slash lifewithpanda. Uh, so go check out those social platforms. That's where I'm going to be posting everything. Content keeps rolling, and uh, we keep moving. And as always, you can uh, send all your complaints to me, and you can send your flowers now to SBG, and you found dad. Let's go, baby. Joining the dad community over here. Uh, SBG, let the people at home know uh, what you're up to, man. Yeah, somebody's gone on X. Just put out my first uh, creative map. Kind of yeah. working on a, a new one. First one is a practice, like, end game box fight map where one player gets to push forward, one gets to retreat. Uh, you can find that on X. I posted that. And, you know, working on some fun ones, too. I don't just want it to be fully focused on practice. But that's what I've kind of been up to the past month or so. Absolutely. And uh, y'all know what, what I got working on it. Um, the big announcement is here, CafeColaza.com. By the time this episode is live, we will have uh, probably pushed the tweets out. Maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe actually, y'all get to hear it first. I can guarantee you uh, that you, have, you heard it first because I edit this thing immediately and pump it out. So um, announcements are happening. Show some love. Thank you guys, man, for, for all the support. And uh, until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory owls. Peace, y'all.